Have you ever had a guy who's ghosted you, walked right past you while on a date with your friend, or come up with every damn excuse under the sun as to why you all can't be together right after you all had sex? Well, I'm sorry to tell you, but welcome to the world of fuckboys, a land filled with lies, loneliness, lust, and a hell of a lot of laughs. Whether you're gay, straight, or just going with the flow as we love to say these days, we've all encountered an individual like this at some point. And on this podcast, we'll begin to explore who these men are on the inside, what it's like dating them, and how we can put back together the pieces of our broken hearts as we begin healing the fuckboy in us all. And yes, oh yes, women can have fuckboy tendencies as well, so girls, nobody's safe. So sit back, grab a really tall cocktail, and prepare to laugh, cry, scream, and possibly be triggered, but most importantly, begin to move on as we address our fuckboy problems. Good evening, this is the news. Good evening, this is the news. Good evening, this is the news. Campaign between James and Phoebe really heating up now. Thanks. This is the fucking news. Is this the Krusty Krab? No! This is the fucking news. Hey everyone, I'm your host Justin Rain and welcome back to Fuckboys and the News. It's the portion of the show where if you're fucking up and you have no excuse for your actions, I'm going to call you out on them. First up on the list, we have former pastor Joshua Harris. Let me just start by saying that Joshua has a track record since 1997 of attacking LGBT people, anyone who's in a non-traditional relationship or holds non-traditional values. But now, in a turn of events, he wants to denounce Christianity. He's on this whole apology tour and he wants everyone to love him. Does it sound familiar and very Kanye-esque? I would say yes. No, fuck boy. You gets no love from us. You gets no forgiveness. You spent 20 plus years persecuting people. You didn't just get a change of heart. No, things took a turn for the worse, whatever, extenuating circumstances. And now you're like, maybe Christianity isn't the best route to go. Let me try something else. Well, guess what? We're not buying it. Too bad. You made your bed, now lie in it. Next up on the list, we have 37-year-old Sean Aldridge. I have no respect for this motherfucker. Sean raped girls from the ages of 13 to 16 from the years 2007 to 2013. One girl even said that he told her as he was molesting her, yo, I could go to prison for this dude. Are you fucking kidding me, Sean? No, you are fucking trash and you deserve every ounce of disrespect and pain and punishment that the prison system gives you over there in the UK. No fuck boy, no love from me. Next up on the list, we have uh, a guy that I happen to know, Sean Merriman. Sean, why did you have to do this? Okay, so Sean is a former NFL star and in 2017, he is now being alleged to having to deal with the girl's overdose due to cocaine, GHB, 
and a few other drugs that they cannot list. The police report states while Sean had called the paramedics or called 911 or whatever, he asked that his name not be included in a police report and he asked could he leave before they arrived to the scene because he didn't want to get his name mixed up in the news and give another headline in the media. Well now there have been reports and text message from the now deceased young lady saying to a club owner that she was with that night at the same club prior to her dying that, hey, I think your buddy put some G in my drink. If we don't know what G is, G, GHB is also known as a date rape drug. If this is all true, Sean, you know your history. You know how you like to get down. I wish you the best, but when you know better, you got to do better. Next up on the list and last but not least, number four, we have 19-year-old Santino Lagan. I don't give a fuck if I pronounce your name right or not because you don't deserve that much respect. Santino decided to go out to the garlic festival. Everybody's out there stuffing their face, having a good time. Wendy Williams even said she was on her way, yo, out in Nevada, and you decided you want to go shoot the club up. Are you fucking kidding me? This is a family festival, Santino. What are you going through? And the reports say that you were very comfortable with the gun. That tells me that you practiced, you thought about this, you plotted, and I hope you get the full extent of what our U.S. judicial system has for your ass. I mean, you kill innocent people. I have no respect for you. Bonus! I want to give a huge fuckboy call out to Mother Nature. Bitch, you are wearing me thin. You're playing with my edges. You're playing with my skin tone. You're playing with Gosh, my moisture, my, I'm having a hydrate double time. Bitch, calm down. This heat wave has been next level. And if it's not a heat wave, it's, it's a thunderstorm and it's raining. I just want you to make up your mind, homegirl. I love you. But as always, govern yourselves accordingly. And don't forget, if you're fucking up and you have no excuse for your actions, you might be up next. So make sure to drink water, moisturize, and mind your goddamn business. Welcome our guest to the show, Mr. Jamalik, hello, aka hello. Ballet Boy. <laughs> And the new host of brand new podcast, Arts Uncensored. Yep. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Super excited. You are? I oh, am. No, yeah, he's playing with his hands. He's like <laughs> fidgeting and stuff. No, I'm shy. You're shy? I am. We have long history. I don't know about that. I don't know. I think I was drunk during that. No, we, ju we just pass. Oh, we ju <laughs> well, we all we're like concentric circles. We always like pass. We like come back. Here, we, here we go. Ships that pass mm -hmm. in the night. There we, we go. We kind of sail around the world and then pass each other. We'll like, randomly hey. see. Each hey, you're looking What's like happening? yourself. You too. Well, today I'm skinny, so I you look know. you look great. Thank you. I'll put it like that. I'll put it lightly. You can I don't want no. I don't want nobody coming to me crazy. I don't want your <laughs> fans or nothing like that. I don't oh, want. I don't want to over compliment. Anything I say, I say oh, off the radio. Appreciate the compliments. I'm sure you you get enough. Not really. Uh, You'd be very surprised. Likewise. Likewise. <laughs> Don't nobody want me. But yeah. everybody thinks my DMs are like popping, and I'm like, nope. I don't know. Everybody yeah, think so, I got stuff going on. I ain't going on. I know, but that's because you're so handsome, and you're in like a different web series like every other week, and in a movie. Well, I am shooting a movie right now. See. Yeah, but nevertheless, I got bills to pay. I hear you. And I got, you know, about 50, 11 children. <laughs> they all want what they want. 
and I'm the type of dad where I'm gonna spoil everybody. I want everybody to be happy. Yeah. yeah. Adopt me. That's gonna require a few spankings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop playing. Let's see what's anyway. next on the agenda. All right. <laughs> so today's episode is called what? The not so nice guy. Yeah, Mister Not So the Nice. The Mister Not So Nice Guy. Yeah, Mister Not So Nice Guy. Yeah. So the whole idea behind this episode and this guy is he's a guy that seemed like he was really great, right? Yeah, perfect on paper, as they say in Sex in the City. Perfect on paper. Now, see, I'm more of a Mister Big, but I would never break up with you on a post-it. Well, that was um, that was Burger. Burger. His horrible ass. Yeah, that's more so of a Mr. Not So Nice Guy to me. Burger was a Mr. Not So Nice Guy. He was. He was, definitely. Yeah, so what are we going to call this guy? What is his nickname going to be? What are we going to call him? Um, we'll call him the pastor. The pastor. Hit your knees Been and pray. Preacher, man. Oh. Duh. He was. Remember Coke? that? No. You don't know that song? You was in love with a preacher, man. Whose song is that? Um, I don't know. It's from the 70s. Oh, well, shit. It's from the I 70s, am a, I'm more I've of an 80s person, times. but they've used it like on Burger King commercials. And like I'm, I would, I'm such an 80s person. Yeah, I was in love with a preacher. Like one of my favorite to. movies is Teen Witch. You probably don't even know never that movie, right? Uh, never gonna be in love again. Teen Witch. Yeah. Is so it you on know, Netflix? no, it's not. I but feel like they just remade something. So with Teen Blake, Witch. Li- so Blake Lively, her big sister. She was an actress. A lot of people know her big sister was an actress. She's a redhead, and there's this whole movie. It's like a coming of age film. You know, like all the '80s movies mm-hmm. were like coming of age mm-hmm. films. So she's a young girl. She's kind of nerdy, and she finds out that she's like um, a reincarnated witch. She comes into her powers on her 16th birthday. Okay. And then she like wishes herself to be the most popular girl. There's actually a spell you could do in okay. the 80s to be the most popular girl. And like literally, like this is how 80s it was. She had theme music when the bitch walked in the room. <laughs> so it's like when they open the door, it'd be like doom, doom, doom. Then they shut the door, and, and then it she, yeah, and then she opened it again. She and she was freaking out. She's like, wait a second, bitch, music come on when I come out oh, the door. God. Like she could hear the music. So it was like doom, 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 doom. doom, doom. Doom. I gotta watch it. I wanna be the most popular girl. Okay. She was sitting in the mirror doing her makeup. Definitely I'm have not seen this. I'm gonna do my hair. To... Da, 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 da. Okay, sorry. Your whole life Get off this. my. I, that's <laughs> one of my favorite movies. I might watch it tonight. No shade. Wow. You know what? We'll watch it. Okay. I'll find the time. We'll get some popcorn. We'll watch it. Netflix I got it. Chill. It's a good shit. Trouble team. <laughs> And I ain't over here made a date on a damn podcast. Don't shoot me nobody. <laughs> Anyways, so tell us about the pastor. What year was it? Give us a little bit of the <clears throat> setting. Okay, so this was my maybe like four years ago. Okay, twenty nineteen. So that would have been twenty fifteen. Okay, twenty fifteen. So twenty fifteen. Um, Where were you in life? I was still in transition, not from like a sexual perspective, but you as were far in transition and becoming a man. I was just, no, I was in transition of just becoming alive again. Um, I danced since I was fourteen, and I retired in twenty twelve due okay. to a horrific injury, oh, and sorry. I wasn't able to physically dance anymore. So I wasn't in the ballet company I was in anymore, and. I didn't know who the hell I was, what the hell There's I was doing. There's a lot of trauma. Doing. You got to yeah. rediscover yourself. and I didn't realize at the moment that I was in a very deep depression. Um, so it took me about four to five years to really, like, 
realize who I am in this second life. Um, Because they always say, like, a dancer dies two deaths. The death when they have to retire and stop dancing, and then, you know, the actual death of life. So um, I met him, and I had kind of already done a lot of the work on myself to kind of rediscover who I was, what I wanted to do in life, and he... No, you got to give us the juice juice. How did you meet him? I know, that's what I'm getting to. We met on Instagram. You met on Instagram. Yes. So this is back in the day when my DMs were popping. Um, the 2015 yeah. Instagram, we, we were still coming up. It wasn't even he, like it he, wasn't even like lit like it what is was now. What's crazy is that, and he's not a social media person at all. Like he posts very rarely, but he was following me. Um, where is he? Oh, well, I guess we shouldn't say where he lives. Then, no, we're gonna get mm-hmm. there. We can get there. Ooh. Not the exact location. We'll give a state. <laughs> um, I actually went to Atlanta, Georgia, mm-hmm. in November of that year, 2015. To celebrate my birthday with my best friend who lives down there. Okay, nice. When's your birthday? November seventeenth. Oh, and you're a Sagittarius. I, no, no you're Scorpio. a Scorpio. A my Scorpio. mother, she's a Scorpio. November eighth. Oh wow, yeah, she's a Scorpio. Scorpio. Maybe that's the thing. What? Okay, I get it. Continue. Okay, so I was in Atlanta, Georgia, and he was down there, and he saw me, and he hit me up, and he said he saw you, so he, he already me. had followed you. He already was he had following, already me, me on Instagram. and he saw you in real life. He saw me in real you life. You know, when folks see you in real life, I can't. I personally am not a fan of that. If you see me in real life, speak to me, speak in, real to me in real yeah. life. Don't be like, oh shit, you the same in person as you are online. Yeah, yeah no filter. So he kind of did that thing, like, oh, I think I saw you, and I'm like, nigga, you know you saw because you know you saw him. I didn't see him. I, oh, okay. He, he, well, did, he did not have a profile picture. This is what I'm oh. saying. He was very. DL being uh, a pastor. Uh, okay, Instagram. I get it. So yeah, like this, like sub profile. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, like, he was following me, and I wasn't following him, so I definitely didn't see his page because I think especially it was even, you didn't have no profile picture. Yeah, and it was private, so I was like, oh. I'm not following you. Um, so Enjoy but he did, view. and so you know, at that time when you sent someone a DM, even if you weren't friends with them, it still it was just still came went in your to inbox. you. Yeah, yeah, it didn't go to it the didn't now. go to request. Yeah, it doesn't go to the request. So I saw the message and I said, Oh yeah, I was definitely there. He sent me a picture and I was like, mm, he is cute. And he had a nice body. I mean, he sent me a nice picture. It was titties was sitting right, shoulders was which I love. I love the shoulders of a man. And his shoulders were so popping. I was just like, damn, this boy is cute. Um, so he was in Atlanta at the same time celebrating his birthday, which mm-hmm. is November seventeenth. Oh, you had the same birthday. The same birthday. That's creepy. <laughs> now I've never dated somebody that have I? I had the same birthday. I dated somebody four days apart. And I think I kind of sort I might have. I don't know. I've done a lot of legwork. Mm. Yeah. So that was the first time. I think it was actually the first time I ever dated a Scorpio also. Yeah. So, then your same sign is a mind fuck. Yeah. <laughs> now I know. So eventually I came back to New York. Mm-hmm. And he lived up in. Did you all meet while you were in Atlanta? No, we did not. Because he hit me up like almost like the last day that I was uh, there. Oh, okay. And I went back to New York. Um, he went back to Connecticut where he was living at the time. Oh, I know who this is. You don't. <laughs> yes, I we'll do. We'll talk about that first. <laughs> no, I'm playing. And <laughs> I was just fucking with you guys. As was, we get oh, the story, shit. I'll be like, you might. Um, so, yeah, so he came back to Connecticut and he asked me to go out on a date. And at the time, I, was, I really wasn't interested in dating anybody. That was my, my first mistake because I like to take responsibility for my shit. So that was my first mistake. I you should not have gone to, on a date with him. No, I responded. I said, oh, yeah, well, let's go on a date. So we went on a date. It was a great date. Took me to a beautiful restaurant. I had a, I can still remember the meal. I had an amazing duck dinner. 
With, duck. I just mm-hmm. had duck wings last night. Oh, oh they were this amazing. duck was so good. It was a duck breast with um, baby carrots, baby asparagus, and mashed potatoes that were just like Ooh. amazing. It was a French restaurant. Sounds down like lunch. I was in a French Street. restaurant last night. It was really good and really romantic, and he looked um, very casual. And you were dressed up. Yes. I had like it's a date. Yes, I had on like a blazer. I had on a very cute silk top. Silk top, like a lady. Yeah, you. you (laughs) He flips all twenty two inches. I flipped all twenty two inches of my hair, but I had on a beautiful blazer. You were like, I came to like take it serious. Yeah, I I took it very serious. I I came. But that also spoke to how you view dates. And he showed up in like some sweatpants and a t shirt, and I was like, okay, we're already off on this first date. Went on the date. The date was actually good. Great conversation. Um, so that kind of balance that the food gave was you amazing. Some cool it gave me back. some. It gave me some hope. Okay. Um, and then we walked around a little bit, and he was like I said, he was kind of like, not DL, but he was very like protective of like his image, and he was still in this mindset of being a pastor or a preacher mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. And I remember I kissed him in public and that like shocked his whole soul, but he didn't stop me. And he later told me, he was like, I cannot believe you kissed me in public and I can't believe I let you and I can't believe I liked it. And I was like, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm aggressive. I'm very aggressive. If I like somebody, I will go after you. I will kiss mm-hmm. you. I will scoop you up. I'll grab your butt. I'll grab your dick. I'll, I'll do whatever I want to do. We know. <laughs> so... We had that first date. He went back to Connecticut. I went back to Harlem. And um, we just started talking from there. And it was it was cool. Like, I really enjoyed the conversations with him. I actually went out to Connecticut a few times. Um, but then, going back to, like, me still transitioning and finding out what the hell I wanted to do in life, I was personal training. Mm-hmm. And I had got an offer from Washington Sports Club to come down there and be a personal trainer and an assistant fitness manager. And I had been trying to get positions in New York and it just wasn't working and I don't know why. And so I was like, I'm taking this opportunity. So I ended up moving to DC. We were still together. We had decided to date. So how long had you all been talking before you decided to date? This was like three months. So three months you guys had been visiting. Mm -hmm. Because it was You guys were visiting back and forth. Yep. It was May, June and I moved on July 17th of that year. Great memory. Yeah. Um, All right, I'm a, I journal, so I always remember oh, stuff. Yeah, okay. well, I've been journaling we'll talk about like my that whole later. life. We'll talk about that later. Um, so yeah, so I um, moved to DC, and I had talked to him about it, and I said, "I'm moving. Um, do you still want to try to explore?" Keep doing it. It wasn't even so much that we were like boyfriends, but we were like Which, definitely like. Were you it, all committed monogamously to dating? Yes. Sexually, were you all monogamous? We had hadn't you even all had sex you... yet. Okay, so you all hadn't even had sex, but you guys. Had had a conversation about dating exclusively mm-hmm. and only dating each other. Yeah. Okay. And so we were doing that. All right. Which was cool with me because I'm not I'm not a serial dater. I don't have the time. I don't have the memory space for it. I rather. Remember. You've never been that person. You never. No, like I've never. It, I just it drives me crazy. I just I I can't Let me focus on like you. that. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna call Got you it. Steven and your name is Jason and I'm like wait a minute sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not wait a minute sorry sorry. But yeah, so I had a whole conversation with him about me moving to DC because my fear was, you know, long distance relationship. We were already basically in a long distance relationship mm-hmm. with him living in Connecticut. Hour and a half, two Harlem. hours. But it wasn't that bad. He drove, I got on the train, it worked out. But now I'm moving four and a half, almost six hours away. That's from quite where a he bit is. more distance. That's a way bit more distance. So 
had a full conversation about that. He said he was cool with it. I decided to be cool with it. I still had some reservations because I had been in a long distance relationship before. And it wasn't particularly great. And I kind of was weary of it. But as I said, he just, he was so nice and he was so... I think it. I think what it really was was that he was so together for his age. He was uh, how old was he? He was at least four years younger than me, so I was turning thirty six. So he might have been thirty two at the time. Okay, and he was just so he was so together. I mean, he what does together view. look like for you? Together for me was like he knew exactly who he was as far as like his career. to you to me. This is all to me to my image mm-hmm. and my in my and how mind. you define being yeah. together. So he had complete understanding of who he was. He was executive director. He had a great apartment. He had a 401k. He had multiple degrees. He had a car. He had an idea for the future. He wanted a house. He wanted to run for political office. Like he had his shit Mm -hmm. down and he knew what he wanted to do. And that shit turned it turned that's part of what that turned me on how it turns people on it yeah. turned me on because i was just like you I, have a plan a man with a plan i just stopped dancing i have no idea who i am <laughs> so a person with structure and a plan and yeah, direction that, at that at to that a person time, that doesn't have any direction mm-hmm, at that time it really it really turned me on and, and it that's can ground most, you and inspire mm-hmm, you it was so inspiring but there's a backside to that excuse me because then i have found that they become very controlling of the situation and the moment and the dating situation because they feel like they're together and you're not together. So they need to teach you. And so they start evaluating you. It starts to turn into like your dad and nobody wants to fuck. Well, not, I don't want to fuck my dad. No, you know what I mean? No, no. It's 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 like, it's a big turn off. Yeah. I mean, like a a little suggestion here and there is cute, but when you start to switch it to where like you're you're reprimanding and doing this and it's just because I didn't do this, how you want it. Now I got to, deal with this punishment or whatever or you're gonna operate with me like that because i do like this or Mm -hmm. you or you believe i'm only capable of this exactly so now you have to deal with me like that Mm -hmm. but the thing with me is like that i credit myself with is that i i think i'm a really great communicator i like i'm very open i'm very honest i tell you shit straight out the way it is so i spoke to him directly and i said I'm not gonna be coming to Connecticut too much. I'm gonna be straight up with you because there ain't nothing to do in Connecticut. I'm not gonna. Oh. I'm not gonna spend six hours to come all the way up to Connecticut and all we gonna do is sit there and stare at each other. He was like, "No, I totally agree," because he's not from Connecticut. Where is he from? Well, no, he's from well, Connecticut. He is say. from Connecticut, but he had lived in other places, so mm-hmm. he knew where he was living at the time was so boring. He was like, "Oh, trust me, I'm good to come down to DC." Mm-hmm. But you know, in reality, I was like, "I'll come up a few times, but hopefully, you can come down more." Mm-hmm. So he was totally in agreement with that. Moved to DC and everything just started to like fall apart. And like, how he, long had you been in DC? When it started to fall apart, mm-hmm. probably another three to four months because that was July. Okay, so this is August, like November. September, October, November, exactly. Ah, I'm birthday. doing my math. Birthday. Happy birthday. Both of us. I know, ratchet. Happy birthday. We went to uh, Brazil. Shank along the line. Yeah. Was and a third added because Brazil is a, is a great place to add a third. No, no, he's he he he's like me. Scorpios aren't like that. Scor- I mean, people always think Scorpios are freaks, but Scorpios are very possessive about who they're with, mm-hmm. and we don't want nobody else touching you, looking at you, trying to holler up on you, and all that kind of stuff. So, oh, you like that? Mm-hmm. I'm very possessive. Like when I, I mean, not to the point where I'm I'm not jealous. 
Like, I, if you're talking to somebody, I'm not going to be like, But if you're oh, engaging da, 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 back da, da. with someone that's different, I can Yeah, I just yeah. don't, I just don't want, I don't want an open relationship. I don't want to, if you want to fuck somebody else, then let's break up and you go fuck whoever you want to fuck. Can you say fuck on here? Yeah, you can say okay. fuck. And it's explicit. <laughs> we, we had a whole journey, if you guys do not know, to get us into iTunes and SoundCloud and okay. allow us to get this explicit rating. I had to pull every connection I knew. Oh, wow. Okay, so, that's good to know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, we fast forward. I'm in D.C. We're trying this longest relationship. It was little things here and there that were not adding up. First off, like all the stuff that he was saying about himself, all the paper stuff, the nice guy stuff, okay. all the great stuff started to unravel. Let's run this down. Let's run this down. Where, where oh. did you start noticing that things were not adding up? And what were these things that were not adding up? I would up? say something like, it's a beautiful, it's been sunny, what, six blue months day. now? It's six, it's seven five months. months. It's five months six, into y'all yeah, dating? Six months. Five okay, months we'll give him six. Let's, let's, be generous. six. Let's, yeah. get, let's be generous. Because he, he might already <laughs> feel like he's getting bashed. Exactly. Let's give him six but months. But he's not. Cause no. We'll get to it at the he'll have Everybody, at Everybody the end. is a good person. You can't date somebody for this long and they not have some good things about them. He is. Them. And he is. And we'll get... Like I say, he'll have a rainbow at the end. Don't worry. Shit. Um, it was little things like extreme jealousy, um, extreme insecurity. Um, as one as of the period, just in general, just in general, and I'm like, and I kept asking them. I said, now what are these? How how are these insecurities manifesting? And yeah, showing like themselves? how they're manifesting. And showing I would say something like, like I was gonna say, I would say something like, the sky is so perfectly blue today. He would be like, oh, so who are you in the park with? What? Excuse me? Like like far fetched? Yes. Simply so like far fetched. Oh yes, I would go to a show and I would go with like a coworker, and he was like, oh y'all fucking? I was like, wait a minute, what is going on here? Okay. Now, question. At any point, well, actually, I'll do it like this. Do you believe that guilty people tell off on themselves? That's what I heard. And guilty people breed insecurity? That's what I heard. Now, do you want my answer? Uh Okay, I will tell you that what I have learned from myself, and you know, it's fuckboy problem, so I gotta air my shit out, or Mm -hmm. else I can't be the fuckboy supreme, can't be the leader of the pack. I will say that I'm most insecure when I know I'm doing something myself. Mm-hmm. Now, I won't say that's 100%. That's the absolute. But what I will say is when you get these far-fetched, crazy ass out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Because it's one thing to be in like a situation where it's like, okay, like this is like something that you guys deal with. Mm-hmm. Or he's worried about something that's tangible. Mm-hmm. Or like, yo, like, okay, like you having a conversation like, hey, like, do you talk to your exes? Because this, this will bother me. That's something. That's a real conversation. Right. But the sky is blue. And you worried about who I saw the, the sky with? with. Like, Should I see the sky with? I said to see the sky with Jesus and right, the pigeons. The bird, right? That's what I said. I said like, <laughs> it's the birds, right? And so you know, my biggest question to him so. when he would say stuff like this, I would say, "What in this past six months has ever happened from me and your to dedication you to make you think that I'm a cheater, a liar, and promiscuous?" He would be like, "Nothing." I said, "So where's this coming from?" He's like, and that should have uh, and that would have that should have rang the doorbell exactly. Um, and then I found myself like just going over the things that he talked about. Like he was like, you know, I just stay to myself. I don't really have a lot of friends. Okay. I don't do. I don't go out. I don't do this. And so I had never 
ever dated somebody without knowing a little bit about their background, but he was the first one I ever did that with. Oh, no, why did you not? I'm the do you FBI think, when it comes to men. Do you think that your confusion or the place that you were in kind of clouded you from normally it doing did. what you would normally it do? It did. I think I was you were trying to approach trying to us. Your, yeah. And you were trying to challenge yourself to do something mm-hmm. new. I was trying to challenge myself to do something new and not be that person. Well, you got to um, really figure out they hold back. Right. I just, I took them for face value. And then, so along with this, assumption that I'm cheating and all this other stuff and like you said I feel like my best friend was like people who you know are always screaming like you're cheating or sometimes cheating themselves and I was like well let me start to do a little investigating oh so your friends had told you do a little oh yes because they were sick of me your friends had told you my best friends I was calling them like every day talking about this boy because it was every day at what point did it become every day an issue when I moved to D.C. So like the you, minute I moved to D.C. Was it just because he was worried about you being so far away? Is that what you I initially think in blamed it on? Was. Or was it because he knew about the... And I'm about to give you a devil's advocate. Is it because he knew about the capabilities of what D.C. gave? I don't think so, that because I didn't even know what the capabilities of D.C. gave. D.C. gives. D.C. gives a situation. That's, That's crazy because I lived say. there for three years and I never saw the situation. Well, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> Where I guess, is the situation? I guess, <laughs> And our sound person is from there. He's looking like, I guess in being a person that could be insecure about their partner going, and I'm trying to put myself in both shoes. I don't know. I guess it's, you don't really worry about your partner somewhere where they live mm-hmm. you worry about when they visit places because you think about the freshness mm-hmm. and it's a whole new area it's a place where you're not always at oh well and see i had D- already lived in dc yeah well because i had danced in a company there for yeah two years. but he's thinking about you going there now mm, and he's probably you. not thinking about it in the context and i know for me like if i was dating someone in the past and i've dated someone i'd be like oh you going to dc for pride and then like whether i you know, surfacely or publicly admit the insecurity. I'm like, okay, I know all the things I've done mm-hmm. in D.C. Mm-hmm. You got it now? Mm-hmm. So he probably is thinking about all the things that he's done in D.C. In not, I don't know, but I'm Maybe. just saying possibly. That could be it. You know, and then you're like, okay, you know all the things you could do in three days. Mm-hmm. You know all the things you were able to do in three actually, in two actually, and a half days. I never so thought with, about it that way. So but with I agree that with in you. so with that in mind, you're like, oh, and you're like, okay, like I'm just a person visiting, mm-hmm. and you. So your mind, the way the human mind works, is you're like visiting equals brand new. Mm-hmm. You just moving equals brand new. Right. No, I get it. So you're like, oh shit, I know everything I could have done. I know everything I have done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now you're worried about it. Right, which brings... Let me backtrack a little bit. So when I danced, danced from 14 to like 27, I didn't date. Okay. I didn't date until I was 27. I, now I knew I was gay the day I was born. And so did everybody in my family. So was, was you fucking? When? Was you fucking for 14? No. You never asked No. No, I, I, I was... Not not full penetration. I said, sex. was you fucking? Not fucking, but messing Had around. you been penetrated? No. From 14 to 27? No. You didn't get penetrated until you were 27? No. When'd you get penetrated? Twenty seven. God damn it. Yeah, because I was like, I was shout so, out to you. I was so no, it wasn't a shout out or anything I mean, like I was that. Not but shout it was out. like you just hyper focused. I was so focused on being a dancer because I'm like I'm black, I'm short, I'm gay. No, I have a friend like that. Her name is Asia. When I knew him, it, when I knew him, he was mm-hmm. AJ. Um, but yeah, no same thing and he's shorter than, well she 
is shorter than you. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing. Super flexible, super yeah. talented, amazing dancer. But if you're a short dancer for me, my benefit so my benefit as a ballet dancer and when I had my shorts in dancing was my size, my mm-hmm. strength, my athletic ability. They recruit football players. Yeah. Who are, who could dance and things lift like that. Yeah, who could lift mm-hmm. the girls and potter duh. You know, now the way ballet does and companies, you mm-hmm. need guys who yeah. can lift. And these like, and a lot of times, like ballet dancers who start young, they're scrawny. They want to stay yeah. skinny, just like the girls. Snatched, as they say. Yeah, and they don't, and they can't lift these girls. Yeah, well, I wasn't that. I had no problem doing that. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but I yeah, told, so I was just super, I totally super focused. It. So I, I get your point because like maybe he had experiences that I didn't have. Yeah, at that and time. he and it was just. Uh, I'm like, I lived in DC for mind. three years, but I was dancing. I didn't. I never went out. Never went. To, didn't know anything about no gay pride or pride events and all that stuff. So. And that would scare me even more because now it's a whole new world that you could right. explore. Right. I, I get that point. Never thought about that. But um, yeah, so after complaining and complaining and complaining to my best friend for days. What did they days say? Days, they were just, I mean, my best friends are so supportive. They give me the good, my best the bad, friends and the can't. My best friends don't do it. No? So I have one best friend who's really emotional. And then my other best friend, he's almost like a mirror image of me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you get so many complaints, and then he's gonna be like, well, you just do what you want to do, and I'm that friend. Okay. I'll tell you what I would do once, maybe twice, <laughs> and then and that's after it. that, I'll listen. I'm like, okay, well, you know, let me know how it goes. Mm-hmm. That's what his answer stuff is, oh, is wow. in those situations. Well, you just, you, you know, what's best for you. Mm-hmm. So your best friends tell you what. Um. I mean, they're just supportive. They're just listening. Um, I had one one of my best friends actually tried to like counsel both of us in this situation. Oh, and then that turned that in, never goes well. It did not go well because then when we left, because you that inserted into, yourself, and they don't say you're biased. No, that turned into I don't trust them. I think y'all are dating. I was like, what? <laughs> you got that's what you got out of this? No, I was like, you probably oh, over, okay. you probably did this. You probably overstepped your boundary. Something with my something friend was just. Now, what you so then I not, started uh, to research and go into his background of when he lived in Atlanta, boop, when he lived in in New York, when he lived in here and there and there, and I started getting stories back. And I so was you was like, asking people that might know oh, him. Oh yes, because I knew people who knew him, but I never asked because I was asked. trying to. And not, you were like, I don't want to know. I just want to know. Him I just want to be fresh. I want to let him give me what he's giving me. I want to. And I want to know him value. for who he is. I did that. But then the truth started to come out. He had this friend. He had this ex and this person. And he was known for doing this in this city. And I was like, no. <laughs> but then it started to make sense about all the insecurities. Because then it almost brings back to what you were saying. Like, he had so many more experiences than I had that have led him to be this insecure person. Yeah. So we go to Brazil. And it is a complete nightmare i mean we argued and it's on your birthday our birthday of all oh, y'all's birthday we argued every day are you looking at him are you doing it? are you doing it? it was all that it was just like arguing every day we broke up every day i mean there was one night i left him i had to just walk away from the situation because i was like i don't need to i've never been in a fight never been in a physical fight and i was like i'm not about to get into a physical fight in brazil of all places so i left him i went back to the hotel and he stayed out all night uh, I think he came back home like at four in the morning or something like that. And then, you know, it was just this whole mind game. So we got back to the States and we talked about it and we kind of patched things up and moved on. But then what really just pushed it over the edge is one time I went to 
visit him in Connecticut and we went to this event and I'm getting dressed and I have on like ripped up jeans, a, you know, trendy t-shirt, mm-hmm. a head wrap. And it's too gay. He's it's dressed how he always is. Mm-hmm. He at this Simple. at this time no, at this time he like he normally dresses in suits every day, which is mm-hmm. why it's still surprising that he showed up on the date with sweatpants. But then I get it because like you want to be comfortable. You, you want I, I do the opposite of what, what you I do all do. the time. Right, I'm in fitness clothes all the time. So if whenever I could, I can up. go to the mall and you're gonna see me <laughs> dressed up. So I had on all this stuff and he watched me get dressed. We got in the car, went to this event. It was a fucking black tie event. And you let me look like that. And you let me look like this, knowing where we were going. And then he was like, oh, well, I just didn't, I just thought that's what you want to wear. Meanwhile, I'm the person that showed up on a date in damn near a leisure suit. But now all of a sudden you think I'm the person that wants to go to a black tie event in ripped jeans, a trendy t-shirt, and a head wrap. So that's when all the bells went off in my head. Because it's like, like, now you're manipulating me. You're a manipulator. You're passive aggressive. You're controlling, you're insecure, and it was just everything that he said he wasn't was just like, boom, the paper just got ripped up. And he was just, I was just like, this is who you are. This is who you are. And I went back to DC and I was just like, this is not going to work. Um, and he was like, well, I'm in DC, so um, we need to meet. And this was like in January. So this is no- from November and this is like late January. And we had this huge blizzard in New York in um, in DC and he was staying in the Shaw area and I lived in Northeast and he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to drive over. Now you could barely drive in the city. That's how bad the mm-hmm. snow was. And I was like, no, you're not coming over. I said, for one, you're not coming over because I'm in a one bedroom apartment with my dog we're not going to sit in here and argue and I can't leave yeah, this house. Stuck, yeah. And I'm stuck in this house and you're stuck in this house because that is just toxic energy I'm not dealing with. I said, stay where you are. He allegedly said he drove all the way over and sat outside and all this other stuff. I'm like, you are manipulating again. I was like, you're full of shit. You're bullshit. Um, so at this moment, I was just like, and I remember the next day I just called him and I said, I don't I don't want to talk to you anymore. I said, we just, we need to end this now because it's toxic. It's not healthy. It's, it's, it's giving no purpose to either of our lives. And he agreed and, you know, we just, we did the regular, you know, breakup thing, talked for a few more weeks and then it eventually just fizzled out. But to bring it full circle, the thing that I think for both of us was set us up for failure was just that without a foundation of really knowing each other, we we were already doomed, especially with adding so, the distance to it for me. I question why you say you guys didn't know each other. Didn't you guys get to know each other during that three months before you decided to make it? We official? did, but I don't think it was long enough because I don't think we had enough. I don't think we had enough really grounded. Or was it just you going against what you naturally would have done, which was research or whatever you call it? You know, like I mean, it could have been that too. I mean, I, I because feel like... I think I. I mean, pers- me personally, I think you get to know a person, how you get to know a person. Mm-hmm. I think. Me, I don't ask around. That's just not me. Mm-hmm. But I also don't do that because I know I trust myself to be transparent about what I've done in the the life I've lived. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you to hear from someone else. I want you to hear from me. Yeah. And and I just hope. And what I do is I hope by me doing that with me, you'll give you'll, me you'll reciprocate. Same, but that wasn't. Yeah. The case. Not everybody does it, but. But I don't I think, know. I don't think if you had six months, he would have told you the truth. 
Listen, anymore, I'm, just, any, I'm, I don't I'm think trying to be optimistic and hopeful. I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, but I think at this point, you have to be realistic. <laughs> you just don't, you don't think so. I think if she, I think it, you know, you can't cut, you can only cut coke so many times, right? You know, that's it's, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> try to give him a rainbow. No, you don't get no rainbow. <laughs> I, no, he gets what he gets. No, okay, like, well, like you have, you guess not. Uh, no, I no. think I think he, especially with you know like who he was, you're a past, you're a performer. Like part of that is you know like you are presenting this yeah. person that you are every week and on a regular basis. Like and especially if you have these things, these traumas, these things you're ashamed of. And I'm saying this from personal experience. You're unless you decide that you're okay with it, mm-hmm. and unless you forgive yourself, you accept these things on what you've done. So I think this is the thing for me. I. Until now, he did that, he would never... But yeah. see, now moving forward from that relationship, I have learned that I need to have conversations about trauma. I need to have conversations about life experiences and expectations. Yeah, what are you ashamed of? That that's what I mean. Mind. We didn't talk about that. I think you need that kind of foundation. Yeah, you could have done that in those three months. I, think I didn't just, know. That's yeah, what I'm saying. I had never... Know that those I had were conversations never, you should have. never even heard of this thing, trauma, and people dealing with this and how it affects and reflects in your relationship. I didn't even know anything about that. So yeah. that was like the first time I had that kind of like awakening, like, and then after that was crazy because my one of my good friends Yolo, he's like an advocate and has a whole organization about black gay men and trauma and dealing with that in relationships and how to move forward and how to be um, better, you know, as a person in society and dating people because it's just it's a lot of it out there and I just never experienced it until then, but now I know to have that conversation. So. Mm-hmm. So face to face, not it came to an end just like that. Yeah, it, it had to, and because it was just it was just a circle. It was always the same thing. Like I would forgive him, then it would just go back. Then I would forgive him, and it would just go back. Were any of these things that you found out about him like non-negotiables? No, because I'm I, see, I'm I'm the kind of person because these like, things you found out like you did this here, you did yeah, that, you did that. You did... It's your past. Now, if you want to. You know, live differently. None of it that. was what you found out that he was currently doing. No, and I don't think he was currently doing. I think it was his well, past. But, but all that past stuff is interfering with how you're interacting with me. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't. I told him, I said, I don't think you know who you're really in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. And I can tell that based off of the questions and the things that you ask me. You don't know who I am. What was he asking you? Just the things like who? Why? Why are you going outside with a coworker? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Like stuff that that was just so like that I would never think about asking my boyfriend because I know Mm -hmm. you and I trust you. And I'm just like, you don't, I just, at the end of the day, I just feel like he just did not know me at all. Do you think he tried to get to know you? I think he, he, that's another version that he wanted to know. I think he was obsessed with who he visually saw. Mm-hmm. I think he enjoyed my body. I think he enjoyed my face. I think mm. he enjoyed the way. Shut up. I think he enjoyed the way I carried myself. I think he was very admired by my drive for like I was still doing art, like I was still choreographing and stuff like that. But it was kind of taking a backseat because I needed a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. But that kind of stuff was really turning him on in a way, you know, because he's not an artistic person. He's a very business and spiritual person. Um, which we're just opposites, you know. I mean, now I'm a business person, but at the time I wasn't in that kind of mindset. So I think that was what he was attracted to. I think that's who he was dating. But he was not dating the real person. Like, he did not. I don't think he knew anything about my family, my history. And these are things I shared with him. But I think it just went in one ear and out the other. Mm. So when I kind of realized that and put it all together, when I kind of realized that and put it all together, I just kind of... um, yeah, I just decided to end it. 
Because I was also, like I said, I was complaining to my best friends, and that shit was annoying to me too. I'm not that you, person. Like, you bother your friends. Yeah, and I'm not, and they know I'm not that person. Like, I'm the person that everybody comes to. I'm not the person to run to everybody else and be like, oh. so that shit was annoying to me. I was like, who is this person? You are not this person. Get you, over it. Yourself? I'm not. Mm. Next. What's next? Your second. No, but I got to <laughs> ask you some questions first. You're going okay. to be mad at me. No, I'm not. Okay. So with you acknowledging and understanding that you felt like he didn't know who you were. Did you not feel that earlier or at any other points before the end of the relationship? Did you not feel like, okay, this person doesn't get who I am. They're not listening to me. I really, I, like I said, I felt it when we went on that trip. That's when So I it wasn't really, until then when you it felt It really it. wasn't until then because I had also told him, like, I'm a, like I told you, I'm a very, like, aggressive person like i like to take charge i like to plan shit i'm a planner i like to know everything we're doing each day oh, down God, to you the would train me. and he said because he we had the same birthday he said he was the same person and so we get to brazil he has nothing planned we end up sitting on the beach every day i guess i am a planner a little bit because i want stuff to do look at all these notes you're a planner um, so <laughs> yeah uh, we would i'm to, not taking any notes i don't know what you're talking about we would get to brazil and Nothing was planned. And I was like, what are we doing today? He was like, oh, we're just going to go to the beach. Next day, what are we doing? Going to the beach. I said, I love the oh, beach no. more than, But you I love the beach. one beach day. And right. then you, yeah. You go explore the city. And then that's a backup if something falls through. Right. Or, and his yeah. whole thing, before we even left the, the country of the United States of America, I he had said, don't worry. I got everything planned. Because I was I like, are you sure? also asked, is there anything that you want to do? Oh, I asked that. He didn't ask me that. But I asked him that. I said, do you need me to plan what anything meant, or okay. do anything? Pause. Nope. Pause. Okay. Now that allows me to get to this question that I've been wanting to ask that okay. I do not get. Several times you stated that there were things that you were doing, considerations that you were making for him, things you wanted to know, all these different things as far as like your family, consideration for his business, even as it pertains to this trip. Why did a light bulb not come on that, okay, like, he's not reciprocating this or he's not listening to this. No, no, he's reciprocating because I met his family. I met his mother. I met his sister. His brothers. I met his whole family, like, okay. within the second month. Okay. Loved them down. They were amazing. Great so nice, welcoming, warming. Beautiful gowns. Beautiful gowns. Beautiful gowns. Um, but as we say, it was... It, he knew how to put on a production. Okay. He knew how... Because he's a pastor. Because he's orchestrated. He knows how to stand in front of that pulpit and preach and be whatever he needs. Yes. And get this so message he, across. He, he, he preached. He knew how to sell it. He knows how to sell it. Uh-huh. Car so salesman do too. He, exactly. He could have been a car salesman. He knew how to package every question that I would have about mm-hmm. the friends. I would meet a very specific friend. Yeah, that was going to give you friend. the impression that you that he wants you to have. Right, and that so later when I did my research, I was like, oh, you know this person. I know. But him. you never said. But you, you never, never said him. Yeah, because oh, you didn't. Because you, you didn't want me I to know that picture, part of you. I just saw a picture last week on Instagram that somebody else posted that I'm close with, and a picture with him, and I was like, oh, y'all been best friends for ten years, <laughs> and you never stated. Never that brought you him up. I was like, interesting. But, okay, so did you bring that up? Him? No, this is this is way after. All this mm-hmm. stuff came out way after. Okay, but well, I um, guess. But yeah, so I guess after everything the fact, was reciprocated. Like but like you said, he was point. the nice on paper. Like he presented everything perfectly, and and my thing was like, 
I'm believing it because I'm like, I'm taking a new approach. I'm trying not to do the research. Did nothing within you make you want to question anything? It didn't. The way he presented it, it was crystal clear. It was perfectly fine. I had no reason. The story never had holes. It didn't have any holes in it. I met his family. I met a best friend. Um, He told me he lived in Atlanta. Um, Told me where he had lived, went to school, what mega church he preached for while he was in Connecticut back in there you know so it was no I went to his job you know I saw pictures of him preaching I saw videos of him preaching at church in Atlanta and then I went to church with him in Connecticut so it was like there were no holes in it he was very good about that okay so what would make you pass things up in these rough points as we get ready to bring it to a close oh my god because he was just outside of that he was just the most romantic person I had ever dated I mean so nurturing so sweet so caring like i never wanted needed for anything now i will say that um as much as we didn't do shit in brazil i didn't want or need for anything so i was cool for the most part i just wanted to explore the city a little bit more and really mm-hmm. see what the hell we were you know it was my first time in brazil so it was like a so it was like a first world problem yeah it won't like no real shit okay so yeah, I mean he was he was really really nice, and that's what I'm saying. That person, I'm I don't believe that was a fake person, but you it was just a can't, controlled version. Yeah, you just can't present that person, or you have to. For me, I'm just like, or just tell me this is who I'm I'm wanting to be, and this is the kind of man I want to be. But this is my past. Like I used to be a little bit of a fuckboy. I used to be a little bit of a asshole. Because that's what I tell people. I used to be a bitch. Mm-hmm. I used to be a bitch. Like I I tell my best friends, if you had met me. 10 years prior to when you met me, we would not be friends. Mm-hmm. I was oh, an shit. asshole. I was a complete asshole. Angry. I, I tell came... people to have to meet me twice. Yeah. I was. I came from a broken home. I came from a dysfunctional background. I was fighting to become a dancer. So fighting, 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 fighting. When I became an adult, I was just a fighter. You would say hi to me. I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why you want to say hi to me? You know, I was that kind of person. Um. So hey, I tell stage. people that. and But that doesn't... I can honestly sit here today and say that does not come out of me today. Mm-hmm. It does not. I don't know that person anymore. I was talking about this last night to one person who was one of my teachers when I was 15. I saw him last night and he was like, I'm just so impressed with the man that you become. Like, you are a full grown man, businessman, like doing this. You're going to be so successful. And I was just like, thank you. He saw me win. Now he knew because I got pulled into the office. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got kicked out of school and he was there advocating for me. He was like, no. You're not going to kick him out. He's a good kid. He's just, you know, let me talk to him. And he sees, and he saw me last night, and he sees me as I am today. But a lot of people will always see you as your past. But I like to tell them, you know, that was my past. This is who I am today, and this is what I'm striving to be. So if you come to me with that, I'm good. But when you come to me with that, this whole fake persona that you created and it's just I have a problem with it and I think just because of where I was in life at that time still trying to figure out who I was trying new approaches and new ways I um, was very vulnerable to those kind of guys do you really feel like it was all fake? I would say at least 70% of it do you write it off as fake just because it was manipulated? I write it off as fake because I feel like he was trying so hard to be and this is, I don't think it's a fault of his own. I think it's a, 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 he's a creature of his environment. I think because of his pastor background and his mm-hmm. work in a mega church, I think he has cultivated this idea of who he needs to be at that time, mm-hmm. but he's not a pastor anymore. But that's still, ing- it's so ingrained in him. 
that he's always trying to present this image of who he thinks the person in front of him needs and wants. Mm, okay, gotcha. So. I don't know. I think I saw about 30% of the real him in those intimate, tender moments. And that's what made me always keep coming back. Keep going. Because I introduced keep him to my best friend yeah. and my godson, and we had such a great time. And um, she really liked him. And, and, and the thing is, like, when my best friends met him, like, they all really liked him, you mm-hmm. know, because. He presented himself very yeah, well. Yeah, most people like that are charming. Yeah. I can so, say that from my own. Everybody likes me. Your mom would like me. Your, <laughs> your whole family would like yeah, me. So. But it's a show. It's a performance. I won't it's lie a performance, to you. yeah. I won't lie to you. I won't say that it's not authentic, but I will say that I will make sure that you will get things that I know will be important to you. Mm-hmm. And I'll make sure that like those considerate things, mm-hmm. all those things like will be made. I'll like be checking on you. Yeah. And it's just... And it's nothing wrong. You'll with be that, aware, but, you know. At the end of the day, you just you still got to be honest. who you are. Yeah, it's got to be, be who you are. So, you ready for part two? Sure. What is this second? Because y'all, he wasn't just gonna give y'all one. <laughs> That's why he's a Mister. They're just not so nice guys. Oh, this the second, second one came right after. Oh, that's <laughs> why we had to keep them together. I was a bit of a serial dater. I was You're dating, a serial dating? I was. I was dating back to back to back. So this was the third well, one. Well, let's pause. Why were you doing that? Because, again, it all started in 2012. When you left Honestly, the company, God, when, when I, you retired. I got injured. I was in the house for... You said 97? Hmm? You said 97 in 2012? 2012. Like, when did you start dancing? 94. From 94. Okay, yeah. So you had a long, you had a yeah. long stay? Yeah. Much longer than most. They yeah, usually get I, half I, of that. But, I mean, I started professionally with Cleveland Ballet when I was 14. As an apprentice, and okay, but you but you had a long. That's but I started half dancing when pe- I was four. That's half of people's career. But I'm saying that's most from twenty. Okay, from four to twenty-four is twenty have, years. I'm just trying to give you some perspective. No, I know now. that's what I'm saying. So when I stopped, I was just like, <laughs> "This is your life." That's my whole life. Even though I had other things that I was interested in, but that was my life. It's what I wanted to do. It's what I, I knew from four years old. I wanted to be a dancer. I, it's what I wanted to be. I knew exactly how to do it. How to shape my body reshape my body to become what because i wasn't built to be a ballet dancer um, i had very very round muscles at the time and my feet didn't point and they were kind of sickled and all kind of crazy mm. stuff and i my teacher can tell you i literally reshaped my body i lost like 40 pounds i was so slender but not like as skinny but just very like ballet refined lean my feet i got those to point like crazy um, I just really changed everything. So that was like my, my life for all, over half of it. So when I stopped dancing, it was just like, it was just a, like a truck hitting me. Um, like, who am I? What am I doing? Da-da, what is next? <laughs> so I, get it. I dated a few fuckboys along the way of that mm-hmm. process. And I dated just them back to back to back. Just three. Only three? Just three. The Lucky. other ones were good people. Yes. Okay. The other ones were really good guys. They were just, um, it was after and in between, kind of like the fuckboys. Um, what and really it just bad timing. It was bad timing. It was completely bad timing because I mean, really great guys, and I was, I think I was great to them. Um, I was still. Y'all just yeah, it was just bad timing. Yeah. But the three that got lucky enough to date me. Oh, oof. they got lucky. Oh shit. Shango Longo Long. But who are we talking about now? Are we talking about the last one? Yeah, so who's the second who's the second guy? Who's the second Mr. Not So Nice Guy? The second Mr. Not So Nice Guy is um What are we gonna call him? We'll call him D. 
D. Mm-hmm. He gave you the D. He did. Well, look at God. He did, and it, it was it was pretty good. Well, right. <laughs> I guess. Was, he gave me the D, and it was pretty good. I guess. Um, I guess. Now we met. I was still living in DC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had actually met a year prior to us talking um, at summer stage. It was the. No, no, no. I'm sorry. We did not. Him and my best friend met at summer stage. I met him later that day at the gym on 125th Street. Okay. In New York. Um, and I saw him and I was like, ooh, this boy is like handsome. Like my type all the way. If I had a type, he would definitely have been it. Mm-hmm. You um, have a type, I'm sure. I don't have a type. You know, I'm really attracted to, because they, they look completely opposite. The mm-hmm. preacher and D. Um, they look completely opposite, but. I always say if I have to choose a physical type, D is physically what I would choose okay. as my type. I get that. But I don't generally date just based off of that. But I thought, I was like, this boy is fine. I need to find out how to know him. And then it just so happened that I saw him on Facebook and we were actually Facebook friends. And I sent a picture to my best friend. He was like, he was like, bitch, I just met him today. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, I saw him at um, Summer Stage at the Wiz concert. I was like, wow. So I was like, maybe I'll see him at the gym again. And I didn't for like a whole week. And then I just hit him up. He was having a show. And I said, oh, I hope your show is going well. You know, flirting. Going Mm -hmm. in those DMs. I was flirting with him. And eventually, like, I was like, do you want to go on a date? And he was like, yeah, let's go on a date. So I came up to New York. Met him after a show. Oh, wow. Yeah, I came. I I was... I was you ready for this. Was I, I like this. I was like, he's too handsome not to, you know, beautiful smile, beautiful body, beautiful face, beautiful guy. Did not know what he did. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, came up to New York, went on a date. We went to Dave and Buster's. We ate and then we played video games. It was a great date. Great first date. Fun. Chill. You know, not too. I hate dates that are like, um. Very stuffy interviews or like you yeah. applying for a damn job. So it wasn't like that. It was very chill. It was very easy. He had um, we had been talking prior to the date, so I knew a little bit about him. He knew a little bit about me. Great date. Ended up kissing. Um, did we have sex the first night? No, we didn't have sex the first night. Look at you, showing some restraint. We didn't have sex the first night. Look at it, y'all. It, it happened Look at that y'all weekend. growth. It happened that weekend. Oh, I'm sure. Because first off, he had on these very, very tight khaki pants. And I saw all the meat, front and the back. And I said, woo. This could, this could be a fun time. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and you so, I was you just. You're like, I'm going to get it both ways. Oh, hell yeah. I was like, mm. I mean, just these, it left nothing to the imagination. Um, and so, we had a great weekend. Did have sex that weekend. It was fantastic. Um, I went back to D.C. We talked every day, like mm-hmm. FaceTime every day, left each other little voice messages, oh. FaceTime messages, videos. I mean, it was just so sweet and it was so innocent, innocent. And the thing that I loved about him was that he was straight up and honest about everything. Mm-hmm. He came to D.C. two weeks later. We went on a date. We went to this vegan restaurant because he had never tried. I was vegan at the time mm-hmm. and he had never tried vegan food. And there was this vegan soul food restaurant on U Street. And I took him there, and we ate. He told me everything straight out. He was like, um, I used to do porn. I used to escort. Um, and I was like, whoosh. 
like I was running out the door and he was like okay that's fine and that turned me on that he was like okay if you don't want to be with me because I used to do that then you know it's not that's supposed okay, to be yeah. and that shit turned me on I was like okay so coming out of the last you're relationship you're owning it yeah you're where he owning. didn't want to own shit yeah. to this man who's sitting here owning being, everything he's like giving me the, the business he's like yeah I used to do this I used to do that this is what I'm trying to do now I mean he gave me the 411 rundown he was an artist that I had never dated artists before in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Another creative, yeah, yeah. Never wanted to date another creative because I thought it would just be too much of a battle, too much. And especially if you're not talented and I'm being the honest person, I would have to tell you that I just did not want to deal with that. So I said, let me take a chance and date an artist. So I did. And he, like I said, he was very upfront about everything. Um, he was into bodybuilding. I was into working out at this time. Now I was a personal trainer and I was really interested. And there were a lot of people at my gym trying to get me to compete. And his dad was a competitor, and he um, had competed also, and he was um, kind of getting back into that. So I was, like, intrigued by that, intrigued by that he was an actor, um, intrigued that he was a porn star, and <laughs> intrigued by just his his outrightness, that he, he knew who he was. Mm-hmm. And I love that he laid out on that date at the vegan restaurant, he laid out, like, a map of, like, by October, I want to do this. Like, he was detailed, date down. You know, I was like, ooh, that's kind of like me. I'm very detailed. I like to write everything down and da-da-da-da. So I'm just being turned on. My, you know, everything is wet at this point, front and the back of me. I'm like, let's get out of here. <laughs> so he came back. You know, he stayed with me the whole weekend. We had such a great weekend of just, like... And it was actually Pride Weekend in D.C. And we were just, like, hugged up on each other everywhere. Like, kissing hugging just public affection which i love and didn't care about anything that was around us i was just like in a dream world and the crazy shit is (laughs) the pastor was there (laughs) so he's watching all this and did you know that the pastor was watching at the time i did not until way later in the evening when i saw him oh god jesus but that is not the flow and then they know each other. Of course. Of course. But he told me he didn't know nobody and he ain't friends with nobody. So. They know each other. They know each other. Not like that. Thank he just, God. He knew Praise him. He was better friends with his ex-boyfriend who was a porn star also. Yeah, I know Ben. Wow. Yeah, see. Get us in trouble. But yes. So he was good friends with him. Anyway. Well, no. He was good friends with who? With him. Who you just said. Um, the ex, his ex-boyfriend. Count to three, two, one, and then we just not gonna touch because we're gonna cut out the band part because it's gonna be too close for comfort. <laughs> cut it out again, okay? So he was good friends with his ex. He was good friends with his ex. With um, that being said, I was just like, again, I was like, I'm glad we broke up because here it goes, some more shit that you ain't tell me about. Whatever. So anyway, so the rest of the Pride weekend was very great. Um, I really enjoyed him. I introduced him to a few of my friends and everything, and we had just continued on this great relationship from May. Until September, things started to change. Mm -hmm. And they weren't drastic changes. It was just like little things. Because this is coming up on his dates of like, um, I want to have this done by this date. And, you know, I'm not stressed out. Not even stressed out, but the things that he he stated at that date were not coming to fruition at all. As a result of him, or he just wasn't doing the work? He wasn't doing the work. Okay. So I being who I am was trying to be encouraging and things like that. And I didn't want to, like I said earlier, I don't want to be turning into the daddy figure. So I'm not about to guide you through your, because he's a new artist. I'm not going to do the work for you. Right. I'm not going to do the work for you. 
I'll give you a little suggestion, but I'm not going to turn into your dad or your manager. Um, so he wasn't really doing the work, and some of the past behaviors started to infiltrate back in. Mm-hmm. And what were those? Escorting. Okay. So then for me... Did you know about it? Was he transparent about it? He was transparent about it. Okay. By this time, I done fell in love with this motherfucker. So you thought it, you said it was okay. I was like, okay, well, I can deal with this for how long you need. Because he was like, you know, to make money. Um, so he did that for a while. I'm a very open book. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did that for a while. Um, and then roll around, roll around. September, October, November, my birthday came around. Mm-hmm. Now, the pastor gave me this huge, elaborate birthday party when we got back from Brazil. Brazil. Okay. He contacted my best friends. Didn't I didn't even know about it. All my best friends were there. I came into a surprise party. It was wonderful and fabulous. Him, on the other hand, <laughs> I had to plan my own dinner. I planned my own brunch. He came to the brunch. All my best friends came. He was quiet as a bell. Didn't say a word. Not a single word at this birthday dinner. Um, he did not offer any money to pay for the meal. He didn't put... I paid for everything. So my best friends did not like that. They were like, what the fuck is wrong with this? And then one of my other... I would good, not like that either. One of my other good friends, Orlando, was there. And Orlando is a... Just an amazing human being. And they had just met him for the first time. Because I, I met him in D.C. And they were like, we thought that was your boyfriend. The way he was engaging with us and talking and getting to know us and asking about you and stuff like that. And your boyfriend just sitting there doing nothing. Like, I mean, like a zombie. Um, you sure you went in a zombie state? He might have been. He was. Got it. Um, because of... Here's a, it's, a, it's, a rain, it's a rainbow to him, too. Yeah. I mean, there was... We had also gone to California in September. Right when I said things started to change and shift. We went to California in September for my sister's wedding. And he was high the whole trip, like weed high. Um, so he was in this perpetual state of just not being present mm-hmm. the whole time I was there. And I didn't understand why. I was trying to ask him. I was like, are you okay? He was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I just chalked it up to social anxiety, maybe, or something like that. I wasn't quite sure. And I still really don't know. I'm still just basing off of that. So then I just took that and just ran with that. And that just became the theme for even why he was so antisocial at the birthday party um but then after that i mean all the shit hit the fan it was just like he just became a whole nother person and i think he had went into a state of depression maybe or something like mm-hmm. that and i didn't know the signs um so i it just it just became very rough and i think we kind of broke up in december november and uh, november december january we kind of broke up and um then we started to talk again to try to really figure it out. Because I, I really did fall in love with this man. I, I thought he was just like, so has so much potential. And I'm not perfect by any means. And he accepted me for all my flaws and all that shit. And I was just like, you know, we're not perfect. You're transparent. I appreciate that. So let's, you know, let's try to see what we can salvage from this and try to move forward. So we did that. I came to New York in January, February, March of that year. And I remember we were sitting on the bed and he was just like, you don't inspire me. And I was like, what? He's like, you just don't, I just don't feel it anymore. You just don't inspire me. And I was like, I came all the way from DC for you to tell me that I don't inspire. You could have told me this shit on the phone. You know, I was like, 
I was enraged. I was so pissed. And he literally just rolled over and went to sleep like it was nothing. And I just I just sat there for like an hour, two hours, three hours. And then I just, I eventually just got up and I was like, I'm just going to go home. I was supposed to stay like the whole week. And I was like, I'm just going to go home. He was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm just like, I don't feel this. You know, you stated what you wanted to say and I'm not inspiring. So I don't want you to be around somebody that's not inspiring. Then he started to have these horrible stomach pains and he was like doubled over. And I thought I was going to have to call the ambulance. And so I stayed there. My ass, the damn helper, helped him feel better. I still packed up my shit. I still ended up leaving, but I ended up staying a little bit longer than I was going to. Um, after that, I had got a job offer to move back to New York. So I moved back to New York. Silly old me, not from, you know, relationship past. I was like, do you want to give it a try again? I'm moving back to the city. Maybe that'll make things better because we'll be in the same city. We can be around each other. We can get to know each other even better. So mm-hmm. he agreed to it. And... When I moved back and started really seeing him more every day face to face, I just saw everything I needed to see in his eyes. And that's why earlier I said I don't really have phone conversations anymore about emotional things, um, serious conversations, because I need to see you. I need to look in your eyes and I need to understand exactly what you're feeling because you could tell me anything. Mm. But your eyes cannot lie. Your body language cannot lie. So while he was telling me this stuff, his body language screamed, I'm scared. I really do care about you, but I have no fucking idea what the hell I'm doing in my life right now. I am lost. And like you were saying earlier, I can't do the work for you. That's a journey you have to go on by yourself. And I kept telling him that. And one thing my best friend says is like, you get in a situation where these guys know you're a great boyfriend. You're a great man. You're a great person. And they feed off of that and they are inspired by that. But that doesn't mean you should be in a relationship with them. Oh, no, not at all. And so he kind of just kept staying around, and I didn't push him away um, because, like I said, I really did love him. I really, really loved him, and I didn't push him away, but in the end, it just, I mean, it just became the most detrimental, toxic, I mean, beyond the preacher. I mean, this was the just the most toxic relationship I had ever been in. It wasn't any physical abuse but it was a lot of um verbal like emotional abuse i guess mm-hmm. and i mean i eventually just ended it because it was just it was just extreme it was the most toxic thing i ever experienced and i came from two very toxic parents <laughs> so i was like if you beating these hoes oh yeah we cannot do this because i eliminated <laughs> them years ago so right. <laughs> so i guess my question is what was there any like one point at the end that made you be like okay like this has to stop oh yes i mean other than the whole you're not inspired oh because then it then it it came full circle again we were sitting it was october 4th 20 (laughs) you know these days oh Oh, but you journal because i journal it was october 4th it was no for everybody out there i was preparing for a gala gala not a gala for a gala Gala. for my job we met up for lunch and he told me that he was, you know, having a sexual relationship with somebody else because they were giving him what I couldn't give him sexually. What, what was that, if you don't want to disclose he felt He felt like, I'm versatile. Mm-hmm. So he didn't feel like I was a top for him. Okay, that's fair. So he went out and well, found no, somebody else. Well, no, that's not else. really fair, but... 
I mean, it's fair to your feelings, but you should have said that from Jump Street, because... I mean, did you not feel like you were slaying him before? I thought I was. Was but he busted? Everybody has, everybody has their own uh, preference. Yeah, everybody has their own. Yeah. And some people uh, are size queens, and some people like, you know, really big things up their buttholes. <laughs> I'm I, not I, I'm not the no 12 inches or 13 inches I, I, and 11, I, I, 10, you know. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I have a nice size. But it ain't, no, you know. No, I get, what you, I get what you're saying. Yeah, so. Also, also, I mean, sex work does not help with that. Because sex work damages, and I can say it's from personal experience. Because I'm at. It damages your sexual relationships. Yeah, it damages sexual relationships. And for me, my like, I had to work through all that trauma. Like, I didn't even know how to feel sexy in, like, regular clothing. Mm-hmm. I would have to be, like, half naked and super tight things. I remember when I first came to New York, I was still, like, halfway mm-hmm. in sex work and halfway out. Mm-hmm. So, like, I had stopped stripping, but then I was still kind of escorting. And I would be like, okay, like, yeah, like, I'm wearing, like, I always wearing, like, these tight, you remember, mm-hmm. so I, used to, I mm-hmm. used to wear those, like, muscle, like, U-cut shirts, and it would be, like, skin tight. I know I'm a large, but yeah. I'm wearing a small yeah. type tee. Like, dude, why are you doing this? And it took me so much therapy to get out of that. Yeah. And then also, like, sexually, like, you out here doing shit you know you even don't naturally want to do. Like on a regular basis, mm-hmm. but you're out here like okay, like yeah, like we can fuck if somebody else can watch it. Yeah, it's like you doing yeah. this, like yeah, we can record all mm-hmm. Like it's like it's not even like who you are, and then you're doing way more drugs you want to do because in escorting half the time or seventy five percent of the time you're fucking people you actually don't want to fuck right. or entertaining people you don't and you're disgusted with yourself. So you, you have to take mentally out of it. Yeah, take yourself out of it. So you're under the influence, and that's the only way you know how to have sex. So now you constantly feel the need. Because you've told yourself now to even perform, you need this. Mm-hmm. It's it's like yeah. and, and I didn't know anything about that. You don't that. know, and your partner doesn't know all of that. And I was wondering because I'm like, I have never had a now you got to smoke weed, do I have all of this. Never had a problem sexually. Drink, drink, drink till you're drunk again. Now we can fuck. Yeah, and I never had a problem sexually. Like my boyfriends, I, me and the pastor, we fuck every day. The sex was amazing. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and you'll find out later on that it is like why well, can <laughs> why well, can say for me like you know like so like. I had to learn. I had to learn how to have sober sex, completely mm-hmm. sober sex, mm-hmm. like even even like non poppers, like yeah. no nothing, yeah. like to like start like enjoying no, sex I, again. It, like we, just we we would have great. sex like maybe once a month, maybe. And I remember I told his mother because I met his mother. Oh God! And she's very she knows everything about his life. They're like best friends. Oh yeah. So she, she kind of brought it up, and she was like, "Well, I told him, you know, that's not a healthy relationship and stuff like that." But still, at the time, I didn't understand that. The major reason we weren't having sex was because that's what you do for a living. It was basically. too blah. It was too blah. Yeah. What do you mean blah? blah. Like regular sex is can be too blah for a sex worker. Or like you need an extreme. You need blah. an extreme. Well, like you need an extreme. I think he was doing it so much that you can be burnt out. Reality yeah. was. He was like, I, that's the last thing I want to do. I just mm-hmm. spent doing that. You don't want to be touched. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so that when that started to infiltrate the relationship, that's when I definitely was like, "Oh God!" Or you can also feel like, "Okay, that's what this person wants from me. Like this feels like yeah, a and job." He started, again. he started to say that, and I was like, "No, it's I, I don't want and you sexually like just because yeah. because of who you are and what you've done. That that doesn't mean anything. I want I want to have sex with you because I love you and because I want to be intimate with you. Like to be completely transparent and honest, like we would kiss and sometimes I would like be just." 
splattered mm-hmm. down there. You would enjoy it, yeah. And that's just because that's how much turned on I was by him. But it had nothing to do with him being a porn star or him having a big penis and a fat ass. It had nothing to do with that. It was just like, it was him. It was like the person I saw in you. and But he just did not get that. Well, no, because you haven't forgiven yourself. But um, we'll, come, we'll, we'll address that later on in the show. So, yeah. So, um, when he told me that, it was just like, I was just like, uh, okay, rock bottom. I, I've had enough. And how long had you all been together in total? Like two and a half years. Oh, wow. Yeah, we, we let, I mean, I'm giving yeah, you an abbreviated off, version, yeah. but yeah, we were on and off for like two and a half years. More on than off, but still, it was just a very, I, you know, I think I, the thing I learned also about myself is that I have, I had to learn when to when I see signs now when I see signs immediately I address them Be, if yeah. it's bad I cut it off I'm done we can have a conversation about it but for me for the most part if it's not you gotta if, protect yourself you gotta protect if one and one is not equal in two then we we need to just eliminate the situation um, but I didn't know that at the time I just kept I was a fighter I was like no this relationship is gonna work I don't want to give up I want it to work da 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 I'm a pusher. You know, Katie, and in closing, Katie Herring. I'm a pusher. You're a pusher. Oh my god, I love, that. I love that. Movie. <laughs> you know, I'm a pusher. I'm a pusher. <laughs> what does she mean? She's a pusher. She's selling drugs. Drugs, right? Put that in the book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love Mean Girls. Um, so, in closing, as we wrap up both of these stories, I guess, what advice would you give to someone, or what would you say for a person in these situations where they're dealing with guys who might seem like they're good on paper? But they have all Trust these, your instincts. you know, like underlying issues. Trust, the, the thing I wrote in my journal after both of these relationships was trust your instincts. Your instincts got you from the hood of Cleveland, Ohio to Ooh, dancing Jesus. at the Joyce Theater in New York City to dancing in Rome, Paris, Milan, all over the world. Those instincts got you to where you were. Why is it that when you got into a relationship, you neglected and put all those instincts in the back of the burner or the back of your mind and ignored them? Sense be damned. Sense be damned. Common sense be damned. (laughs) Common sense be damned. Don't trust your instincts. Because if your instincts have led you to a certain point, they will lead you to a further point. And I, I, I lead with that now. So my instincts are always in the front. Trust your instincts. Trust your instincts. That's what I, I, I say to everybody. When those little signs and moments pop up, believe them. Question them. Be honest about them. Don't ignore them like I did. Don't. The paper is great. The stories are great. If the reality is not matching the paper and the story, it's not real. And when it doesn't, call it out so you yeah. can try to figure it out. Because sometimes exactly. you do have the opportunity to figure it out exactly. if you don't and let it. A, mm-hmm. If you don't let the moment you know pass too yeah, long. Yeah, I agree. Don't let it pass. That's why I say address it in the moment. Like mm-hmm. when you see something, say something. Uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations can lead to mm-hmm. comfort. Yes. But when I you agree. don't, baby, you'll always be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say it's like you you meet people now who want to be in open relationships and things like this. And I, and they ask me all the time, like, what do you think is the biggest problem in an open relationship? And I say communication. You can have open relationships. You can. If you have great communication, it will work. But Most if people you, don't even know how to communicate. That's the problem. If you don't know how to communicate, no relationship, friendship, relationship, sexual relationship, sex work, non-sex work, nothing will work. Mm. You have to be able to communicate. An open relationship is you understanding that, okay, like I have these things I want to do or I have these desires or I may be here and you're here mm-hmm. and I want to do this. I'm letting you know, hey, 
okay, I'm going to do this. Are you comfortable with that? Exactly. You being prepared for it. They may say they're not in the mood or comfortable with that. You being okay with it. You have, you still have to have, a lot of people don't realize with an open relationship, you still have to have Mm self-control. You do. There are still rules. People think an open relationship is a free for all and it is not. It's not. a, A properly structured one at least. Yeah. So trust your instincts. Trust them. Don't ignore the bells in your head. (laughs) We'll be back in a second. I couldn't help but wonder. 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 Are men just women with balls? (laughs) This is a good time to vent. Officially. Now in the great tradition of Paris is burning. The library is about to be open. Hey! Because reading is what? Fundamental. That's right, children. Mm-hmm. John Malik, are you ready for the fuckboy versus fucked up portion of the show? Yes, I'm ready. So the way this portion works is just kind of how I said it. We have listeners who have written in letters. Yeah, wrote, written. Written in letters. Yeah, that was right. Yeah. <laughs> Written in letters. And basically, we decide if they're a fuckboy, if they're fucked up, and we give them some advice. The subject line of this letter today is nice for what? I used to love that song. I loved it when Olivia, you know, she had her like off-white sneakers underneath. Okay. Anyways, so the letter comes in and says, so I've been in several relationships where I've been the good guy. And every time I end up alone, I've broken up with people over and over, and I'm always the provider. I give, give, give to these boys, and they continue to break up with me and use me. I'm a good-looking guy, at least a seven or eight. I have a nice job, good car, good friends. I travel, and honestly, I don't go for overly attractive men or body boys. Justin, I'm so tired. Oh, he put it in all <laughs> Justin, I'm so tired of being nice. And yet I don't want to treat people like shit. You know, I want to find somebody who gives just as much as me. Justin ran in the fuckboy problems crew. What are the next steps for me? Well, we can't really tell you if you're a fuckboy versus fucked up. You know, well, I think you could become a fuckboy. Right. I think you definitely are in that kind of precipice transition area. I'll tell you off top to where if you go jaded, you can really go mm-hmm. dark. I've been that person before. I call it going dark Phoenix. Mm-hmm. My friends call it good. Justin, you're going dark Phoenix. I've had phases before where I can just be so angry and mad the word. And I say like, Oh, I'll set this whole bitch on fire. And then I'll just leave a, uh, you know, a line of broken hearts. Sorry to anybody out there. There are a few things I could say, but I won't. Um, I'm pretty sure I should apologize for that. <laughs> I've tried. Some people block me, some people don't, but I have to just own that. Um But yeah, I think you really have to stop yourself. If you're hurt, then stop and heal. And I think you have to evaluate what I guess qualifications you were giving people or what were the qualifications of entry mm-hmm. into your life because if you're seeing a pattern in the kind of people you're meeting, then it's probably a pattern in what kind of traits they have. That would be my first advice. What about you? That I was going to say is, is patterns. Um, I think one of the greatest things for my life is going to therapy. Um, to actually sit down with a non-biased person who knows nothing about me and doesn't really 
have an opinion on anything that I've done in the past really helped me because I used to be that person I used to be the person that's always trying to please every boyfriend and make everything right and just do the most for somebody else and get nothing in return Um, so I had to really speak about that and understand what in me kept kept uh, first off what in me kept um, drawing that kind of attention because that was the main thing like I'm drawing that kind of attention and what it was was that it was basically me. I just wanted somebody to take care of me because of the parent situation I came from, where I felt like I raised myself. Um, so once I realized that, I kind of just stopped, and I was like, "I have to be in a relationship where it's fifty-fifty. We're giving just as much. You're feeding me. I'm feeding you. Because that's in life. If some, if you're feeding, 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 and nobody's feeding you, you will starve to death, and your mm-hmm. death will be." You will no longer be the person you want to be, which is the loving, caring, nurturing person. You'll become that dark phoenix. You'll become that jaded, nasty individual who doesn't give a fuck about anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's not who you really want to become, but that's mm-hmm. who you made yourself become because you have allowed yourself to be depleted of everything of goodness from you. So you have to stop that before you become a fuckboy. <laughs> Sorry. And so it's a, you're, you're just a little bit fucked up right now. Sorry. But you, you got to do the work. You have to do some work on yourself. Leave these boys alone for a minute. Do yeah, some work on yourself. Break, buy a toy. Buy a fleshlight. Yeah. You know. Treat yourself to dinner. Take yourself to the movie. Take yourself on a trip. Take your best friend on a trip. You want to spend somebody on somebody. Mind, I... <laughs> My therapist actually for about six months when I was in this whole, like, I need to kind of get back to me because I, I lost myself. Mm-hmm. I had to do everything alone. So I was going to the movies. I was working out alone. Mm-hmm. Anybody knows me. Like, I usually I'm always with AJ. Or like, people know me for always being with a friend at the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to work out alone or I would work out twice a day. So I would work out once with him and I would work out once in the morning by myself. Go to the movies alone. Go to dinner alone. Do everything alone. It helps, one, with codependency. Mm-hmm. If you had developed, you know, a codependency. And two, it helps you just learn how to be to yourself. That means when somebody asks you out, you have to say no. Mm-hmm. Even if you may think they're the finest motherfucker mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. Teach yourself that you don't need anybody. Nobody. And then guess what? When you say no, like you'll think about it like later on after you bust in that later on that night. You'll be like, you know what? It probably wasn't even going to be what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> or you'll be like, you know, if it was going to happen, it'll happen later on. Right. Like you, like it seems like it's so much in the moment. Yeah, in the moment. In the moment, it seems like it's just really I mean, that's part of the society we live in. We live in this very in-the-moment society now. So you feel so rushed and so like, oh, it's got to happen, it's got to happen, it's got to happen. I told somebody today that I'm interested in dating that, you know, if it happens organically and it happens naturally, it will happen. But there's no time frame on this. There's no need to rush mm-hmm. any possibilities of anything. There's no need to put any labels or preconceived notions or conceptions on it. Let's just see what happens. Let's just let's just go with the flow. Yeah. Now, see, I don't like a go with the flow. I like a go with the flow. For I don't like a go with start. the flow. I like an intention. Be clear about what. Well, your no, yeah, it's still, it's still an intention. It's the intention to get to know each other. All right. I need that intention something. is clear. Yeah, I need something. We, we're clear on getting to know each other, but there's no intention on labeling it. Like, are we trying to be boyfriends? Who knows? I mean, we should and. My my greatest relationships have come from me knowing the person. And I feel like when I skip that part of it, getting to know you, taking the time, 
may lead to failure. I end up giving you everything, and you take everything from me. The only advice we can give to you, Mr. <laughs> anonymous, because you want your name to be anonymous, is you know you need to take this time to get to know yourself. Do the work on yourself. Yeah, because you're clearly hurt and rightfully so hurt. I mean, it's 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 what RuPaul says at the end of every drag race. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Mm-hmm. Hey, how about we listen to a little bit of music? How did you know? I love this song. Today's song of the week, Jeremy. I'm gonna go ahead and let you introduce it, cause y'all, he has a whole like little thing he has prepared now to tell y'all. It is in my head by Ariana Grande, who I am in love with, and Ooh, it's perfect for today because I'll just read this first verse that she has. She goes, painted a picture. I thought I knew you well. I got a habit of seeing what isn't there. Caught in the moment, tangled up in your sheets. Yes, God. But you broke my heart. I said you only wanted half of me. My life story. <laughs> For that, those two particular young men that I dated. And it was all in my head. It was all in my head. head, 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 head. I can't hit those notes anymore. Neither but, can I. Um, so let me yeah. shut the hell up and let the song play. Okay. Available on iTunes and Spotify. Make sure you follow our Fuckboy Problems playlist. Make me believe what you're saying. Can we waken this up a little? Well, yeah, if you think you can. Okay. Deanna. If you wanna be somebody, if you wanna go somewhere, you better wake up and pay attention. If you wanna be somebody, if you wanna go somewhere, you better wake up and pay attention. If you wanna be somebody, We have finally made it to the end of your rainbow. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> As you like to put it, we are at our fuckboy fix portion of the show. The fuckboy fix is always a self-care tip. One that kind of applies to the guys and fuckboys that we've dealt with or just the situation in general. Something you can take away and hopefully maybe if they're listening, they can take away if they realize it's about them. And apply to their lives to try to improve things for the future. Today's fuckboy fix is the word authenticity. Authenticity. I think the hardest part about authenticity is we first have to be authentic with ourselves. Mm -hmm. That means you have to be honest when you close the door, when you look in the mirror. 
You know, when you're in the shower, when nobody else is around. When you're laying in bed alone with when, those thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> you you have to keep it 100 with yourself. Because if you're not keeping it authentic and 100 with yourself, guess what? That equals delusion. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be lying to yourself and then furthermore lying to others. And you can never accomplish, you know, the goal that, you know, is authenticity or just being yourself telling someone else to know you if you won't share who you are authentically so first you have to be authentic with yourself and i think that's what both you know the pastor and d both lacked Mm -hmm. i think they just weren't ready to be authentic with themselves about who they were who they were or who they are maybe who they were in the past or who they are now and i think if they didn't accomplish that they could never be authentic with you I agree. No matter how great their intentions were, which, you know, for the record, I think both of their intentions were great. Yeah, definitely. I think being authentic is a lot of work and a lot of people are scared of the work. It's it's one thing to say, I want to be authentic, authentic, but it's another to actually put in the work and be authentic. And like you said, you have to be comfortable with being truthful, being honest, being open, being vulnerable to your truths, your reality, where you are in life and not putting on facades. I could use another Ariana Grande song, fake smile. Don't put on fake smiles and mm-hmm. fake personas to impress anyone. You need to show up as yourself, be authentic. And it's scary. It's very scary, but it's rewarding in the end once you do that because oh, you'll find amazing. that every relationship you have from that point on is authentic and meaningful and purposeful for your life. Everything that you do in life is authentic and meaningful and purposeful to your self life. So, all right, that's (laughs) that. Jamalika, I want to first off thank you again for coming on to the show. Thank you. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Me personally, you can find me at Ballet Boy on Instagram and Twitter. And then, is that Twitter you be retweeting stuff? You ain't got no business. You be sharing stuff on your Twitter? No. I'm mostly on my Twitter. I'm talking about politics and um Oh Yeah, I'm very political. You're enlightened. I'm very political on my um Twitter. It's usually about the fucking president and How the state. How do you feel of about United Elizabeth States. Warren's plans? We'll talk about that another day. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. We'll talk about I that. I'm very seriously involved in politics. But yeah. So um yeah, on Twitter and Instagram, me personally you can follow me at Ballet Boy. Um, for my businesses, you can follow Arts Uncensored on Twitter and Instagram and Ballet Boy Productions, which is my ballet company mm-hmm. of all male dancers, eight male ballet dancers. And that's at Ballet Boy Productions on Twitter and also Instagram. All right. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's, it's great to talk about seeing you again. life and see life. you again. Oh, <laughs> Uh, I'm, all right. I'm sure I'll see you again yes. Without a doubt so We gotta watch Teen Witch Yes I'm we so interested in this movie It's gonna be a mess Alright so Bye fuck boys Peace Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Please make sure to like us on Facebook at Fuckboy Problems. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram spelled F-U-K-K-B-O-I Problems. And if you've got Fuckboy Problems or just wondering if you might be a fuckboy yourself, feel free to shoot me a message at fbprobs at justinrain.com. Again, that's F-B-P-R-O-B-S at 
justinrain.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Justin Rain, and this is Follow Boy Brown. Brown.